Let's pray together. God, as we imagine that scene and as we imagine being part of proclaiming that the Son, the Messiah, the Lamb is worthy, that it brings us joy and we anticipate a time when we will be with you, when we get to proclaim that together in your presence in the New Jerusalem. Now we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this time of year, there are few places that I would rather be except on a day like yesterday, other than a baseball field. You know, you have that feeling when you walk up to a stadium or even a small baseball diamond and you begin to see the green grass and you catch glimpses of the lines and the bases and then it opens up in front of you and there is the field and you take a few minutes to find your seat and sit down and maybe get some food, chat with the people around you and you get to enjoy the game. Now, I know for a lot of people, the pace of a baseball game is a little slow. It fits me perfectly, okay? Because there is time for the action, but there's also time to have a conversation. I love being on a baseball field. It's a great place to be because I can sit down, relax, enjoy the game. Now, you know, I think we have a temptation at times to come in this room and treat it a little bit like that. That we get to come in and, you know, it's sort of quiet when we get here and things are getting ready and we see people that we know and we find our seat unless someone has had the gall to sit in our seat, right? Find our seat, settle in, and relax. And it feels pretty good. But it leads us down the path to one of the myths that I want us to think about in the series that I'm calling Myth Busters. And so last week we began thinking about, well, the church is a building. And we said, well, you know what, if you look in Scripture, the building is really more like a tool. We are the church. And as important as the building is, it's never going to be the church because the church is the people, and that gives us some responsibilities. And and the myth that I want us to talk about today really grows out of that, but takes us in a slightly different direction. And the myth is church is a spectator sport. Now, I think we treat it as a spectator sport for lots of different reasons. One of them is, like, like I said, with the baseball field, we just love coming in this place and sitting down, and it gives us a, a good feeling. I mean, this is a comfortable place, a familiar place, people we like, mostly. And, and we're here together. We enjoy that. We get to worship. And so it's, it's a good feeling kind of place. It's a little bit like, like we got season tickets. We can show up when we want to. Our seat is ready, and we enjoy it, and then we get to leave, and that was a nice experience. And so we feel like it's just good to be here. For some people, it's maybe one of the few places in life where you have no responsibility, right? I mean, at home, you got stuff. There's always something to do at home, right? Always something to fix, clean, whatever. We got jobs to do. Then you go to work, lots to do there. Maybe you serve in the community somewhere. You got responsibilities there, but you can walk in church and you don't feel those responsibilities because you don't have something you have to do. Several years ago, A lady came out of church. It wasn't here, so it was nobody in this room, okay? A lady came out of church, and she said, it's not that your sermons are boring, okay? That was a good start, but I knew this conversation was not going in a good direction, okay? Because there was a but. But this is the only place that I can come and just relax. And your voice is so soothing. 
I don't mean to nod off, but I do, okay? So I'm not trying to talk in my soothing voice today. So don't nod off. I know some of you might occasionally. But it might be the place where you don't have anything to do. Or maybe it's a place where it just makes you feel a little better about life and you enjoy that. I mean, this should be a place of hope. This should be a place that we celebrate what God is doing. And so you feel that. Lots of different reasons that we just don't want it to be maybe more than that, including the fact that we're just so busy. If someone says you got to do something at church, it's like, I don't, I don't have time. I'm just, I have something going on all the time. Don't, don't make me add something more. But all of that leads us down this path of church is a spectator sport. Church is something that I come in this room and I watch. It's as if there are people on the stage. These are the trained people. These are the people who are prepared. And what I do is I come in and I sit in a seat and I watch the people on the stage. I see what they're doing and I enjoy that, okay? And so we approach church as a spectator sport. I'm watching what's going on here. But the question is, is that a biblical approach? Is that a biblical approach to what it means to be the church? Is that a biblical approach to what it means to be a Christian in community with other Christians? That's what I want us to see what Scripture has to say today. And we're going to turn to two passages, one from the book of James, one from the book of Acts. James really talks about what it means to be a Christian, how being a Christian impacts life. Acts tells us the story of the early church and how they operated church. So two different lessons there, but they come together. James, we studied in detail a couple years ago. You may remember that if you were here. James is a letter, but it's not really like a lot of the New Testament letters in that it's much less personal. Like Paul greets people by name. James doesn't do that. It's really almost a handbook of early Christian life. It's filled with wisdom, like the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. You're a Christian? Okay, well, this is how the Christian life looks. This is how it's supposed to operate. And so in chapter 2, James is dealing with a myth of his own. What he's hearing people say is, okay, it's the grace of Jesus Christ that saves me, and I put my faith in Jesus, and once I've done that, I'm done. I'm good. I'm saved. I'm in a relationship with Jesus. I can sit back and relax because I know I'm headed for heaven. And James says, that is not the way this works. I mean, I think he would be here and tell us, listen, I understand that you can never do enough good to earn salvation. You can never do enough good to cover the bad you've done. But Faith is not just sort of a one and done. Once you've said, I believe in Jesus, you don't ever have to do anything anymore. This is the way James says it. Verse 14, chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? James says it's not about just saying, I believe in Jesus and then it's all over. There's more to it than that. Verse 15. Suppose, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In other words, I mean, he's talking about church people, all right? So somebody comes in this room and they lean over and they tell somebody, you know, we, we don't have any food in the house and I don't have any money to go get any. And we say to them in response, man, I hope you get that worked out. James says that's not a proper response. There's something to do in that moment. 
to find a way to provide. Verse 17, James makes his application in the same way. Faith by itself, in other words, without any action, as he says, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. If the way we approach faith is, okay, I put my faith in Jesus Christ, now I get to sit down and watch the world go by, our faith is inherently flawed. Faith that is not tied to action, James says, is dead. And that begins to speak into our understanding of faith. That as much as we might want to think that church, church life, is all about coming in this room and watching the action as if it were a play in front of us, is flawed. Because faith without action, faith without engaging life, James says, uses a strong word, is dead. Acts chapter 2. It's the beginning of the church. We have the day of Pentecost, and on that day, the first gospel sermon is preached by Peter. All these people hear it miraculously in their own language. They're from all over the world. And many people are brought to faith in Jesus Christ. And these early Christians had to figure out, okay, how do we live as Christians? Something has changed in our lives. And one of the things they saw from the outset was, we don't do this by ourselves. That we, we do this together. The Christian life is never intended for people to go off in their corners and figure it out separately. It was designed to be lived in community. So, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 44, we see the early church described. This is just right after the beginning. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They met together. And I have no doubt that there was some teaching. I have no doubt that there was some singing. They also gathered for meals, they gathered for the Lord's Supper, and they worked to provide for one another. The point is, they came together, and they met together, and it wasn't just to watch something, it was to be the church, to express their faith in Jesus Christ in very clear ways. So what does this teach us? You got James saying, faith without actions dead. You got the early church saying, you know what? If we're going to be the church, we're going to get together. We're going to do something together. I think the lesson for us is church is not a spectator sport. Church is a team sport. We're together in this. We are a team. There's not a group of people up here that everyone else watches as if it is a play. There is an audience but the audience is not in the pews. There's an audience of one, and it's God. And we are all here together. The stage is us, and we are expressing our worship, our praise to God as a body of believers. And so nobody in this room is a spectator. Nobody in this room is just watching. We are all participating in worship. There's not a set-apart group of people who worship and everyone else watches. 
We all worship. And that has implications for what happens in this room. It has implications for what happens in this building, but it has implications for what happens in our communities and our homes as well. And so we have to get over this thinking that I'm just going to watch church. I'm just going to sit down and see what happens. We're called to participate. Every person on a team has a role. And every one of us has a role. And so we have jobs to do. I mean, if we think about the, the life of the church, there is no way just the people who are paid to be on staff or just the elders or even just ministry team leaders can do the ministry of the church. A week from tomorrow, we start Vacation Bible School. There's no way just the staff can do that. There's no way just the kids' ministry team can do that. It takes a host of volunteers, and some of you have already been to a meeting this morning about VBS. Some of you are volunteering for the very first time in VBS, and that is awesome. And that means you're not a spectator. You're on the team. You're participating in what's happening in the life of the church because you believe, you know what? We've got four nights that so we're going to have kids two hours a night. You know, normally we have kids one hour on a Sunday morning. So that's like eight weeks of Sunday morning in four days. And we have the opportunity to teach them about Jesus, to develop relationships with them, to help them see that church is a safe and awesome place because we're a team. Our student ministry is the same way. I have a super ministry team that really takes the lead on that, but it takes other people as well, preparing, planning. I mean, like tonight, our hospitality team is coming over and teaming up with our youth, our student ministry team, to provide a meal for a great evening for our kids. You see, coming together as a team, not just to watch, but to participate. You look at this building, and last week we said this building, it's not the church, we're the church. But it's a great tool. I mean, it gives us the opportunity to gather for worship. It gives us the opportunity to have a school every day. Kids ministry, student ministry. Uh, we have times to get together as a church and share a meal. We have outside groups that come in and use our building. Weddings, funerals, all those things. It's a great tool, but it's a, it's a big building. And there is always maintenance to do. And maybe you could say, I don't know how to teach kids. I don't know how to teach students. You don't want to hear me sing on stage. But there's stuff I know how to do around the building. Well, you know what? It's a team sport. We need you involved. And the guys that take care of this building would love to know what you can do. Because there's a lot of work to do all the time. And that extends out into the grounds, but it extends into our community as well as we reach out into the community and as we have opportunities to serve. This is a team sport. We are not here to watch. We're here to participate. And it goes even a little further than that. You know, every important relationship in our lives has an impact. When we choose to marry someone, that decision is going to impact the rest of our lives. When we have kids, that changes our lives for the rest of our lives. Our parents have a tremendous impact on who we are. Okay? All those important relationships impact the rest of our lives. And our relationship with Jesus Christ should lead the way on all that. We can't have a relationship with Jesus and it not make a difference in our lives. It, it has to. And so what we do here should filter out into the rest of life. And so that when we're at work, 
We're representing Jesus Christ. When we're in the community, we're representing Jesus Christ. We're still part of the team even when we go out into the world. And so that relationship impacts who we are and what we do. Church, being the church, is a team sport. We're not here to watch. So, how can you be part of the team? There's work to be done. There's always something that needs to be done. Ways to jump into the ministry of this church and serving Jesus in this community. And every one of us needs the challenge to be reminded, am I just watching or am I on the team? Let's pray together. God, help us to recognize that you've called us together. We're not here by accident. We didn't just happen to walk in this building today. You have called us together as a body of believers. You've called us together to do ministry. You've called us to be on the same team. So God, we're here today not to entertain one another, but to worship you. And God, we pray that our worship will spill over into every part of life and become serving you. God, we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.